You're listening to the Business of Pharmacy podcast with me, your host, Mike Kelzer. Well, good morning, Terry and Angela. Thanks for uh, joining us here on the Business of Pharmacy podcast. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. Thank you. Where Where are we calling you? Are you in Tennessee? Do I have We're that right? In a little town. Well, it used to be a little town. It's not so much anymore. But Cleveland, Tennessee which is kind of a suburb of Chattanooga. So we're in East Tennessee. We're at, As we're talking to you, we are two miles from the Tennessee-Georgia state line. Okay, so you are probably getting some heat down there, a little bit more than us right now. Yeah, a lot heat of index, heat. Heat index yesterday is like 110. It was hot. So what do you do? Do you stay inside all no. the time, or are you used to it? Uh, you just get used to it. You just sweat. That's no, a bad I, thing. I, I, I like to go to the pool a lot. You like to go to the <laughs> yes, pool? Yes, I'm a pool person. That's I'm an nice. outdoors person. Wow, that's 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 nice. I uh, our summers are okay up here in Michigan, but the winters get a little bit a uh, little bit touchy. So Terry and Angela, um, rumor has it you two are married. Yeah, yeah most still, of the time. Yeah, yeah. Four, <laughs> we, 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 yeah we, we on paper, three, we are. Yeah, <laughs> we're three weeks away from forty-two years. Congratulations. And you're on the show today because you run a program for pharmacists. Tell us what that program is. Well, it's called Take Charge. uh, And and what what we're trying to do, we understand that where dispensing is headed. I mean, I've been an independent pharmacist for 42 years. I know the business. I've had as many as five stores and six additional entities during that time. So I know what's happening. I see dispensing. I think it's been very difficult for independent pharmacists to accept the fact that dispensing is never coming back as a profit center again. And we need to be changing. I don't know of anything that there's a greater need in healthcare than preventative care, first of all, as an overall niche, then individually obesity, which is the number one cost driver for every payer uh, in the nation and actually, you know, beginning to be in the world with it. And so, you know, my feeling is that, that because of our communication skills as pharmacists, because of our ability to interact with other healthcare professions, I just believe pharmacists are a natural fit, uh, to address this problem. And as of yet in a hundred billion dollar cash industry, there's no other healthcare professional that has seized this moment in time. No other healthcare professional has seized this this opportunity. You would yes. say, yes, no, because you think about the competitors in the in the world. I mean, the Jenny Craig's, the Nutrisystems, the Weight Watchers, the LA Weight Losses, the Metagenics, all those things. None, no healthcare professional is really uh, involved in any of them. As a matter of fact, they work hard to bypass the healthcare professional. So I just believe that, again, because of the things probably we'll talk about as we go along, but I just believe pharmacists are perfect as health coaches and to motivate patients and to communicate with patients. We just have to convince ourselves that we can do it because our patients believe in us, unfortunately, more than we believe in ourselves. Yeah, it, it seems like, and your point about the... um not wanting the medical people involved. Yeah, probably some of the last things they want is to run it through the medical profession and and get opinions on it from the health professionals and get studies done and things like that, where pharmacy is the opposite. I like what you said there about 
pharmacists not believing in themselves to do it. And um, boy, t- t- tell, tell me, when you guys started this program, um, I imagine that you could you could plan, plan, plan and come out with the whole program. But I'm guessing that maybe you started with some some people and actually started, which is hard for pharmacists to believe, but you actually started charging for uh, your consultation and so on cash. Is that, do I have that right? Yes. And that, and that still, you know, we're not, we, we have not attained provider status nationally yet. Now we have in many states and particularly in my state here of Tennessee, we have one of the best uh, provider acts. Uh, in the country. And so I can pretty much do anything I want to do as a pharmacist. We even passed a law and a lot of states have, have done the same thing. Um, in, in Washington, Oklahoma, some of others have, have determined that if we can do a professional clinical service, the insurers have to pay us for it. The problem mm. is we still haven't written the regulations here in Tennessee after two years. And so really? it's very frustrating, uh, to deal with, but the cash market is, is extremely significant. You know, I started doing this program back in 1998 in my own world, in my own, I didn't own the company. I just started doing it and I found out it, it transformed my, my pharmacy practice in that, that, I mean, for immunizations, for diabetes counseling, for hormone consultation, all these things. I, I admit I didn't have the, the confidence to, to start charging patients for that. And so take charge through this process before I own the company, even through this process, I figured out that patients value what I have to say and value my ability to motivate and, and to help them. And we all, you can't be an independent pharmacy practice, particularly, and not be able to motivate and communicate with patients. Otherwise, you're a chain pharmacy. Yep. Uh, there's yeah, there's no reason to worry about that. Mike, this is one thing to me that's very frustrating. Um, as a nurse, as a wife, as a female, and of course, a lot of nurse, I mean, a lot of pharmacists are females these days, you know, but years ago when Terry's talking about he started the Take Charge program, he actually did seminars and things like that for the the original owner of the company. And um <clears throat> And back in, during that time, too, Tennessee pharmacists were one of the first people that could even give immunizations. And we did that. And, you know, we got a lot of resistance for that. And now then you see that pharmacists have jumped on board with doing all that in a lot of different states. They make money doing it. But it's really, you know, for them to believe that they can really charge for these services and help so many people, like Terry's talking about, with obesity, with, you know, hormones, with all these different disease state processes that end up being a direct result of the obesity crisis and charge for that you know people charge for everything all the time all day long you know and they don't hesitate to and and as a matter of fact you know they expect to pay and that's one thing that's the the mind process to get beyond that with some individuals to think that people will pay for this service when they do it every day with these other entities that he's talking about with um jenny craig and weight watchers and all this it's all cash based and so that's probably for me you know is one of the most frustrating things you know to deal with on an ongoing basis yeah it seems like you know they they have no problem charging, but I think pharmacists kind of get that in their stuck in their in their head. It seems well, and particularly my generation, because let's face it, 
when when I came out of pharmacy school in 1978, up through the mid 90s, dispensing was very profitable. Uh, you know, we did uh, counseling and charting and all these kind of things way before it was mandated by OBRA uh, 90, way before we had to do those things. Um, but the the average person in in my generation got paid enough to dispense prescriptions that they could do all this other stuff for free. But yeah, as, right. as that began to change, you know, when you're down to losing money off a third of the prescriptions that you dispense and then barely making two or three dollars off of the other one, we you know, you gotta have you gotta change. You've got to have a different mechanism to survive. And that's where my generation has really struggled because we're so used to doing it one way and, and we, we, we give great talk. We, we want to change. We want to do clinical services. Uh, but, but we just will not take that step. And deep down, if, if you could, could administer a truth serum and, and talk to these pharmacists of my generation, they would sit there and say, I don't believe patients will pay me for anything. That's still the number mm-hmm. one objection that we get. Yeah. Matter of fact, I just got one Friday, you know, with, with a pharmacist. I spent, spent 45 minutes on the phone with them and their final response was, I just don't believe my patients will pay me. Well, no. Then, then, then what's your plan? Where, right. How, what's your how plan are then? you going to, to survive in your profession and practice your profession if nobody's yeah. going to pay you because you well, can't and, make and it otherwise? Yeah. And I think not only do pharmacists not want to, don't think they're going to get paid, they're probably afraid they don't to give ask them the even, option to even, say, Here's here's what we've got, that. and you know this is this program, and this is the price, and to see, you know, how many people will pay for it. You know, it's it's crazy. You yeah. know, and so many of them will say, well, we just don't have a enough farms. I mean, enough patients in our community, and um, you know, we have a pharmacist right now in a little small town right outside here in Chatsworth, Georgia. That's just how many how many patients they have terry and how many are in their community well, he had to he had to turn it off because he got 12 patients in the first month and that's all he he didn't want to see that many he wants to do about wow. four or five at a time you know to tell for, for those that don't know because i jump right into the I'm, I'm always fascinated by the background of the the business for those that don't know give us sort of the elevator pitch give me like a one minute pitch of what this program is if you were on a tv ad for a minute what would it roughly be obesity is the number one cost driver for every payer whether it's an employer whether it is uh an insurer whether it's medicare medicaid it doesn't matter that the the statistics show that obesity is going to break the healthcare system if something isn't done and so our our theory is that pharmacists are the ideal uh, person to, to be involved, the professional to be involved in this because we see the patient. I mean, every patient we see every 30 days or certainly multiple times within 90 days and, and statistics back that up. And so we're in contact with them. They can ask us questions. They can do everything. And, and we're the ones that can have an impact on this. We have all the knowledge. The day we graduate pharmacy school, we know all of the clinical, technical things to help patients uh, address lifestyle change. What we lack is the belief in ourselves that patients value us the way that they okay, do. Okay, that was more than 60 seconds, okay, wasn't so, it, Mike? <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, listen. Okay, so that was the first sixty. The second sixty. Now, now, um, Angela, you're on the uh, you're the other part of this infomercial. So now, what are the pharmacists getting? So for only XX ninety nine, you'll get what? What are the pharmacists getting in? What are in they the getting program? in the program? What, what what are they getting? What is the program? So so what are they? What is a take charge program? Okay, if they come on board to purchase the program, is that what you're asking me? Okay, sure. yeah. Well, first of all, they get the our lifestyle uh, body analyzer um, is probably the the biggest thing. It's the diagnostics part of our program, and that's something gotcha. that we've worked gotcha. on now for at least five years developing this um, machine that they get, but it's really more than a machine. It's, it's a computer, and it, they can get all of this data put into this computer so that they don't have to worry about paperwork anymore. They don't have to worry about the time it takes to put in there, but the thing about it is when a patient comes in and they start on this, um, they have all these different ethnicities that we have incorporated into this uh, lifestyle app hmm. IQ machine now. And what makes it so unique is that not only are we just considering when a patient loses weight, we are considering their ethnicity in which in turn determines how this patient loses weight because different people have different muscle masses, they have different heights, hmm. weights, all these different things, and no one has ever, ever tested and had data on this before for any of these patients. So this is brand new, and this is something that we have just started incorporating with our patients this last year. And what is what is the length of the program? So I imagine that the that the uh, customers are in communication with the pharmacist every so often, and and how long does yes, that? Yes, it started go? out as a thirteen week program. It's up to twenty six week program now, and we have a new uh, okay. take charge app too that has been converted from the booklets that the patient used to read, and they came in once a week for like a 10, 15 minute session with. Um, the pharmacist to meet with them. Oh, and and they would like read. They yes, would, like, they do would their do their homework. homework. They that. would read about this, and then we would quiz them on what they learned through the week. And it actually had like a test at the end of this booklet. But now with our new Take Charge app that we've also developed, it has put this into video format, which is excellent, excellent, excellent. I've been over this at least six, seven times minimum probably 10, 12 times with developing this new app. And it teaches them they can go back and they can review and look and learn. And the patient is able to do this on their own. But it also, with the pharmacist and his time too, it minimizes the time too that they have to answer some of these questions. But it also emphasizes all of the important information that the patients need to know. And they can go back and review it each week. And But the good thing about it is they can't go on to the next step for the next week until they have learned what they need to learn for each week. Oh, that's interesting. Well, that's and, interesting. and it's a patient-driven process too, by the way, Mike. I mean, that's that's really the beauty of what we we do is that the patient is in control. In other words, the pharmacist doesn't have to spend time. Listen, Mike, you can't eat pizza. You can never have a beer. You can't have burgers and fries. 
there's, there's, Jared, do you there's, want me to turn yeah, this? Yeah. Do you want me to turn this program off there right now? Go. And that's exactly <laughs> what your patient would say. <laughs> if you tell them that, so, you got to stop talking like that if we're going to continue. Exactly, and so we don't do that. I mean, the patient decides. They watch the videos or they read the lessons, and and it basically lays out uh, through a six month process, which, by the way, was not accidental. That's the CDC, the National Institutes for Health, gotcha. determined. That's what we need to do. And so we fit into all of those modes, but the patient determines what they're willing to do. And when a patient asks me, what can you eat on take charge? You eat anything you want to. What we're trying to show you is you can't keep doing everything that you have been doing and expect it to change. What we want you to do is to go through our process and you pick and choose. Well, you know, maybe I can't give up pizza altogether, but maybe I could only have two slices. Maybe I could eat a salad before we have the pizza. Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, I, instead of having uh, a half a case of beer on Saturday <laughs> night, maybe I could have a six pack, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying? But you have, yeah. to, you have to make some changes and it's very upfront. We are very upfront through this educational process. We take that pressure off of the pharmacist. We tell the patient right up front, you got to be willing to change. This won't work unless you're willing to change. And so it's a patient driven process. But the value of having a pharmacist who knows their health conditions, who knows uh, you right. know, a lot about, most of the time, know their families. They know what they're up against, whether right. their significant other is on board with them. How, how many kids they got playing soccer or, or football yeah. or basketball. They know all these things. And therefore, as a coach, they can kind of rally around them and help them understand this is your life. You know, you can't do this program the way I would do it. This is your life and your program and your process. We're here to help you. And as a result, it cuts down on the amount of time that a pharmacist has to spend uh, to see this coming. And so that's yeah, what right. we try to do is to make it the pharmacist time needs to be five to seven minutes because that's where we're going to be as more and more payers come on board and start paying us for this process. Right. Tell me about, speaking of change, tell me about... Um uh, Terry and Angela, I know that you've been through a lot of pharmacy and business upstarts. Am I imagining also that you've been through some closings of pharmacies and businesses? Yes. Well, it's, it's it's very sad now. Yes, I mean, and, and 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 tell me the tell me the emotions, tell me the emotions that go along with that. Well, it hurts because what what we're seeing. I mean, we, we, we just saw basically that, um, you know, Walmart just laid off 600 pharmacies. Uh, yeah. we see now that, that CVS is closing, uh, 200 stores. Now, so all these pharmacies are out there. Then, you know, we talk well, Walgreens, Walgreens, Walgreens rather, I mean, rather. yes. Yeah. And, and, and we see that these independent pharmacists, we see them closing right and left because they're, again, they're my generation now. They're throwing up their hands. I don't want to change. You know, I'm 62, 65, 67 years old, and I don't want to change. But the problem right. is I, I know what it's like. I know I, I see their communities, what they're looking at. They follow these patients. That, you know, most of them are now seeing their, their original patients, grandkids and great-grandkids filling prescriptions for them. Their communities need them to be a part of it, and, and, now, and now they can't. And, and that's, that's just a very heartbreaking thing for them, but it's heartbreaking as a pharmacist 
I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I've actually worked in pharmacy since I was 13 years old. I'm, I'm yeah. very close to 50 years in pharmacy. And yeah. that's all I know. That's all I've been around. And that's, I hate to see them have to end their careers like this. What kind of, I, I know the, of the businesses that you closed, um, was that, it seems that the more you, the more businesses that you had when you're closing, it doesn't seem like, I'm guessing maybe as much of a life change because you're not going from on to off. You're going right. on with a handful and off of one. Does that, right. did, did that help you that you didn't have all your eggs in one basket? Yes, it did. I mean, we're in a unique situation in Tennessee where I don't know if you've heard of the of care that we were the first managed care Medicaid program that was launched in the United States. Tennessee and Maine were the first two. So we, I got to see the bad side of this years before it started happening in every other state. Mm. And so, you know, we began, we had five, five pharmacies, three home health companies, uh, two home infusion entities, two compounding pharmacies. We had all of these things when this started, but from the day it, it, it went in from from uh, uh, December 31st, I'm, and I might have one year off here, but I think it was December 31st of 1997, we were making X percent profit. On January right. the 1st of 1998, our, our profit dropped 25% overnight Wow! because of this. And so what we did, we began to shrink. We had two stores in Cleveland, Tennessee. We brought them together as one. Uh, yeah. We began to, we sold off one of our probably our, our busiest and, and and best pharmacy at the time uh on a little mountain community in tennessee and we sold it off to get out of debt so that i could begin the transformation uh and that's when i found take charge for my own practice and when i began to to focus on more clinical processes that were out there so it was easier in a sense but still you know it's hard in your own community when people see you closing a store and shrinking yeah. in because they, you know, it affects those families. Uh, they feel, you know, and to be honest with you, they feel sorry for you because they hate for you having yeah. to do this. Uh, then you close down a whole community and it reverberates right. through Chattanooga, through all that. Because yeah. we marketed in a tri-state area when we had five. So we had Dalton, Georgia, Cleveland, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee, which form a triangle that right. uh, basically we marketed as an entity in all of them. And we had very yeah. unique programs, but but we had, you know, in order to survive, we had to start shrinking down. And Mike, you so, were talking about stores you know, closing. We, we Just in the last four years, there's a there was a uh, convention that we used to go to in Orlando, Florida, and we had a list of pharmacists that uh, we called and. Um, checked in with and so we just about two months ago called these pharmacists on this list just to check in and see what was going on with them and i think it was yeah. almost a hundred stores right terry that had closed within within the last yes. four years yeah yes. almost almost 50 percent wow what what was your guys um and and i don't want to I, I don't want to focus on the negative and and we'll turn this around um unless Carrie keeps telling me I can't drink my beer anymore we'll we'll turn this around but what what emotions did you go through individually um Angela 
and Terry and as a couple. What emotions did you go through when you realized this was happening in early 1998? And you knew it's that really sad. You, you know these people, these and you know who they are, and you've talked to them over years. And actually, a good friend of ours that I'm friends with on Facebook just. Um, posted uh, two weeks ago and he didn't think this store was going to close there were rumors that his store was going to close in louisiana and then last week he posted on there friends i'm sorry to tell you that our store is now closed and this has been a part of my life for years and years Mm -hmm. and you know my wife and i you know we're going to make it and the community's going to make it you know but i'm just really saddened and i'm really saddened to lose all of my customers and my friends that i've known for years and this is my life and and i think most people feel that way Mm -hmm. it is their life it is are hometown these are people that you've known for years and years and you develop these relationships with and it's just sad it's just too sad you know to do all this and then you know them on a personal level some of the pharmacists too and what they're going through and then now then the life changes that they're going to have to go through and what what are they going to do now when it's this is not really when they plan to close their store or to end this chapter of their life and have to go forward and do something else and figure out what they're going to do now you you know, they weren't ready to retire yet. They weren't ready to start doing all these different things. So right. what's it doing to all of them? You know, it, it's really sad, you know, to see all this. Right. How, how about you, Terry? What, what's, was, was sadness your main emotion? or? Well, I think it, it, it vacillated between that and just anger. Uh, yeah, anger, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I had a vision when I came out of pharmacy school. I, and I'll tell you, this is a good good podcast. I love, I love your show in doing this because I actually love the business part of pharmacy. That sure. that was my focus when I came out. My vision was to have... Well, Terry, Terry, the, the, one of the reasons I have to only focus on the business is because I'm too stupid to talk about the science part of it. So <laughs> it's, it's it's a great love, but also you, you also you got to play with the hands you're, you're dealt. Oh, yeah. And well, and, I, and, and of course, I preach that to these buying groups and everything out, out there all the time now. Quit, quit, quit doing CE. You know, you get CE anywhere to do it. Help your people stay in business, you know, yeah. uh, to do that. But I vacillated from that. I really wanted to control this market. I and, and you probably don't know about it in, in this, this part of the world, but there were several regional, uh, pharmacy chains, the, the Bruno's down in, in Alabama, um, the, uh, missing one Angela out of Marietta, Georgia, that, uh, Dunaway. Uh, Dunaway, just closed all these the major chains bunch I admired when, when I when, yeah, and I, I just I admired these these regional chains that were doing that. That's what I envisioned of myself with Chattanooga, Cleveland, Dalton, and the surrounding areas. Gotcha. Just, you know, gotcha. being being a nice regional chain, and that that basically disappeared in a uh, probably a six month time frame that I knew. Yeah, I knew it was coming, and so my vision had to change. And so, as I said, we sold off one of our busiest stores for the sole purpose of taking me out of the salary structure of these other entities and giving me three years to reinvent uh, Cherokee Pharmacy. And and that's, okay. that's how I was able to find all of these these uh, hormone replacements and and uh, take charge and all of these these markets that we at the end of our time in independent pharmacy. That's what we were doing. You know, we were we were uh, meeting a lot of needs, and we had shi- we basically had shifted our uh, entity over into the clinical market, uh, immunization okay, so, and stuff. You know, so 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 ninety eight comes along. Yep. You close down. You drop twenty five percent business, and that's certainly twenty five percent profit. 
Mm. We kept profit. doing the business, yeah, but we weren't making yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, which which is which is almost worse, yeah. you know. Uh, so yeah, and, and so many of our of our um, brothers and sisters in pharmacy right now are going through that very thing right. with the DIR fees or whatever you want to call it. It's just a loss of it's a loss of profit, however right. you want to slice it. So during that time, then you and uh, Angela sit back and you say, "All right, I'm going to take myself out of this," and you budgeted that and gave yourself like a three year window to say something has to happen in this time period did you force did you actually plan that yeah like that yeah that's did. exactly t- what t- i did uh, all right so i i know it ends or it doesn't end but it a, a big part of that was the take charge but take me through then that three years so you finally remove yourself from the bench i went to more seminars and and uh ce programs and and search you know, the internet really yeah it got i mean it's how old oh we are now you know internet is just kind of coming out and so I right began, around there yeah i began to search everything out and i found you know immunization beginning to pop up and and very uh fortunately tennessee was one of the first ones that really uh began to step forward and our our association was led by tom sharp at that time and man he he he, he took it in and, and we had to change and so I was able to start doing immunizations. Well, we pushed the envelope. We, we were doing, you know, anything we could do. We did pediatric flu shots. We were doing, uh, uh six week, uh, immunizations. I mean, we did anything that we were allowed to do by law, which was pretty much anything in Tennessee. So then we did that. Then we, we were already compounded with PCCA. Uh, honestly, I never liked the mechanical part of compounding, but I loved the counseling part of compounding. So Angela being a nurse and, and entering into, uh, I'll give her age away here, but entering into perimenopause and, and doing that, she kind of, she, she kind of forced me. She kind of oh, forced me. I'm going to give you your yeah. chance, Angela. Yeah. You're going to come back. Uh, well, We're going to get him bad. Yeah, she forced me. I had migraines for years. <laughs> and that did and, make it worse. And so I did force him yeah, into learning so, about compounding so because we, we, I said, either you're going to do it or somebody else is, or we're. My, Believe me, my mood did not improve my disposition with a three-day migraine that got worse and worse. So he was like, okay, okay, I'm going to do something. Yeah. I'm going to do something. <laughs> so. And I, and, and I don't know, and I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when business is going well, and you know, we're all dealing with personalities of staff and all that, and sometimes you don't maybe want to ruffle the feathers or rock the boat but when you're when you're faced with something like you're doing uh terry in those three years you're like we're doing this and we're doing it now and it almost makes management easier in some regard well it does and that's that's one of the biggest uh mistakes i feel like that independent pharmacists are making right now you know we talk well you know I, i'm gonna have to talk to my staff and see if i can get them on <laughs> yeah. board and it's a, yeah it's a cop-out you make the there's not gonna there's no. not gonna be a on board if you don't do it exactly and and your That's staff true. will they follow will do your what you lead. Them do. you know if you've got it let's just hey let's let's just get down and real here if if you're a, a, a on a pharmacy and you've got a pharmacist on staff that refuses to be involved in clinical services and doing anything besides dispensing hey there there's a lot more out there right now that you better be bringing on because yeah, right. you know, I mean, they know deep down you can't keep paying a pharmacist to dispense. Not gonna happen. No. I had to let no. I had to let go of a pharmacist. Uh, at you know when I started down this this track, because they just absolutely they came out of a chain background. They weren't interested in doing anything but dispensing, 
And it, that, right. that's what it came down to. And so yeah. I had to make those decisions, but it was for the betterment. And ultimately, my staff loved all the clinical stuff we did, whether it was the hormone counseling, uh, yeah. which was the first thing because we were already doing compounding. Then it was the, the immunizations because we got the right to, to do that. Finally, through uh, one of my, my compounding meetings that I went to, I met a guy named Tom Breslin who had this fledgling company take charge that he was, was out there pushing into physician practices and things. And they weren't ready. They were making, I mean, you got to think, put yourself back in 98, 99. Physicians were making a ton of money. It hadn't hit them yet. They were five to seven years behind us with it. And so yeah, he no, was beating no, his head against the wall. They didn't want to do this. They didn't believe yeah, no that reason any patient to, no could reason lose to, anyway. They didn't want to yeah, talk to them about right. it. Hey, just push yourself away from the table. That's the answer. You know, yeah. and that's what they looked at. And so, but once I heard this guy talk, uh, I, I'll tell you, this is the other thing. It, it, I, I talked to Tom Breslin at dinner one evening, came back, and uh, that was over Friday night. Came back. This is at a, con- this at a is convention. This is at a convention. At a PCCA's annual conference. Came back, and on Monday, a buddy of mine down in Chattanooga, one of the biggest compounders, um, anywhere, Don Talley, uh, at Lakeside Pharmacy in Chattanooga, he and I got on the phone with Tom Breslin. And we listened to what he had to say. No fancy video. This was a phone call. No webinar. No anything. He told us what he was doing and what his vision was. And Don Talley and I both said, hey, we're in. And so in 30 minutes and a dinner, uh, we flopped out $5,000 and said, we're ready to go. And so. And this is still focused on physicians. Yes. yes. And I spent literally the next 10 years convincing tom that the pharmacists were were the answer to this situation i tried to be the example i spent a lot of my own money out there speaking uh for him uh in these processes and he and i became dear friends and all of a sudden uh you know he in 2005 i think he passed away very suddenly and i was left Mm, to pick up the pieces and so because you had bought this, you had bought this from the other gentleman. He didn't become a three way partner. No, no, no. And, and I hadn't done anything with it at that point. No, no, no. We were just, we were just a we just client of his, into a, our a pharmacist. pharmacy, just as a, as a clinical yes. service. Oh, 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 you yeah. were, you were a yeah. client of the gentleman you had dinner yeah. with. But when he, gotcha. when he passed away, suddenly I was left with a decision. Did I really believe in what I was saying? Did, did I really believe we needed to be able to produce outcomes data to get paid? Did I really believe? that pharmacists were the answer or had I just been, you know, running my mouth because Tom's money was at stake, not mine. And so, uh, and he, we, we had about 300 pharmacies around the country that were doing take charge at the time. Uh, just, he had just been, I'd helped him get those. And, and you were one of the, you were one, one of, of the customers and, and Tom was a gentleman that started it. Correct. And, gotcha. and, but again, he never understood computers, not a knock on it. He was, he was literally two decades ahead of his time in thinking right. about about sure. about a. Uh, I think he was one of the first people in the in the country that uh, linked obesity uh, and and diabetes. Uh, yeah, I, right. I think he was one of the and and he was he wasn't even a clinical person by by sure. job profession. And but but he he was the first one that understood that, and he helped transform along with with uh, several pharmacists around the country that, that we all became very good friends and tried to help him. And so when he died, I was kind of left with a situation 
do I throw this away that I was already making good money off of, or do I put my money where my mouth is? And and by this time you by this time you had um, physicians, or this was we had pharmacy customers and physicians were referring people to us, and we were seeing patients in our own pharmacy. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, and at, but but at first it, at, at first it started as a program that physicians were going to use for their own patients, correct. or was it always to? Got, oh, I see. And then it correct. transferred over to right. all recommending of our, pharmacies. All of our lessons that we still use today, by the way, were pretty much written by dietitians and physicians, and that was the market that Tom wanted to go into. But but they weren't ready, and I'm not okay. So. You know, so 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 you so that first night you were on the phone with somebody else. That was just another customer along with Tom, Correct. right? All right. Tom dies. Sorry to hear that in 2005. There's 300 customers. How are you any different than the other 300? Why do you step up? Not really different except that I uh, I was really trying to help Tom. I I really believed gotcha. in what he was doing and I was trying to get Probably of those 300 pharmacies he had, I was probably instrumental in 200 plus of them oh, I coming on. Gotcha. And I, had, I got nothing for it. I, I promise you, it's right. I got no what one cent of commission. I was spending money traveling and meeting with state uh, associations yeah. and all, all my own money to do it. You, so I'm you're just, just believing I didn't it. have any money. I just believed in it, and I believed it was the answer then, like I do now. It is a real answer for 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 community pharmacy, and and I just. I, I was convinced then, and I'm still convinced today that this is a lifeline for our profession to to stay afloat and to thrive, not just stay afloat, but to thrive. You know, because it, again, right today, as we see it, it's a hundred billion dollar industry cash, but by the end of uh, the next five years, it's probably going to get close to a trillion dollars. I mean, right? The, the need is there, and people are dying. Because no one is helping them understand that what they're doing with their lifestyle is killing them, and pharmacists can help. So, Terry, how do you come in then? Tom Tom passes away. How do you come in then and then be able to take this over? Do you work with his estate and set up a, a, a an agreement or a yes. sale or something? Yes, or? they they you know his wife really wasn't interested, and and she. Right. She no longer wanted to run the company, and uh, I was to be honest with you. I was selfish on myself. I went up and and I wanted to. Of course, I went to his funeral, and and uh, his, his wife Dale had become. You know, I'd become close to them, and and I basically just wanted to buy all the inventory and and hmm. the materials and everything else to keep my own practice going. To be, oh, if okay. I have to be blunt with it, I just wanted yeah. to. Keep, I was making a lot of money off of it in my pharmacy, and I wanted to keep it going. But as I got it, I started getting calls from these pharmacists around the country saying, OK, are, are you going to? Yeah. Are you going to put this back out? Or are you going to do that? And so then it really became about 90 days of soul searching. Uh, and Angela and I really praying through it, talking through it. What do we really want to do uh, with this? Do we want to invest the money that it takes? Because I've been mm -hmm. trying to tell him for years, you needed computer software. You, you needed, mm -hmm. you're getting the data, but, but you're not doing anything with it. So mm -hmm. for insurers to pay, uh, for these associations to buy in, we, we got to have data. And so I pulled it off the market. After doing that, I decided to take over the company. I pulled it off of the market and, uh, actually 
begin to restructure it and re-engineer it for independent pharmacy. And so we spent about three and a half years with all of it off the market, pharmacists calling me on a weekly basis, if not daily basis. And we developed software and we reintroduced it to the marketplace in 2007, I think. Uh, okay, so did your so when you were in 1998 when you gave yourself three years to make some turnaround or something, the take charge program was instrumental in you saying, "All right, I I did my duty from two, 1998 to th- 2001." You in your mind, you succeeded by saying, "Yes, I did find something that's beneficial and this will make some money." Yes, I replaced my salary with clinical services. Yes. Uh, wow. and, 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 I, and from then on, I never really, none of my money, uh, none of my salary ever came out of dispensing process. It was all from immunizations and <clears throat> diabetes counseling, hormone counseling, uh, and take charge, uh, which incorporated all of those. And Did you do that? And, and you still had a number of, uh, at least a few stores yes, remaining. Yeah, three pharmacies still. Yeah. And did you do that at all three of those? Yes. Yes. And it's a good way to it's it's a good way to also hide from Angela. It, it was, and and because she was always yelling at me because I was giving my time away. So yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I know I know that story. <laughs> you know, and so, she she really was instrumental, really in in making me face the fact that here I'm talking about pharmacists doing these things, but here I am I'm giving my time away too. I'm doing just like yeah, they exactly. are. And yeah, and then yeah. once once it it really once I, I listened to her and and uh, <laughs> you know unfortunately this is now recorded but once I started doing that it became easy I mean I had a menu of services out in my pharmacy that people could yeah. ask for uh you know but I, I swear to you Mike it's so frustrating and and I know it's in our DNA but but I yeah. never will forget just a few years after I was counseling a lady on uh, on uh, bone density you know. And she was sitting there, and at the end, see, she said, okay, is, that crazy, is that not oh, crazy? Is that not the craziest thing, Mike? No, the people I, pay I just, for what they want, I, I what they wanted, need, what they want to, to get. It's like I tell these yeah. guys, these some yeah. the males. I don't have to tell the females. See my these fingernails. People pay for what they want, and they don't yeah. hesitate. They will do it. They will pay for what they need. Oh. Angela, don't get me started. I was down at my daughter's. I was at my daughter's wedding um, two weeks ago. My first child. I have ten children. My first child out of the ten got married down in North Carolina, and I see the credit card bills that come through on the email. And while I'm down there, I've got time to think about the business. You know, a week away and things like that. And I see this <laughs> bill come through for like four hundred and forty dollars exactly. from a nail place. And I thought I'm in the wrong business here. Well, yeah. And, and the thing is, is is you know the psychology. If you're not, he's not that for good. That, or people what, what kind of a service say, well, am I getting? Really a, and, and this is you know, the thing too. When you go, to, even when you go to good. a nail salon, and these not pharmacists say, "My customers are too poor. They don't have any money. They won't pay for this." Believe me, when you go to the nail salon, mm. you get all socioeconomic classes in there. And if they want their nails done, they will pay the money for what they deem to be important. But the devil's advocate on that, and we all know this, that we all know that 
the steak or bowl of ice cream I had last night is not great for me, but if I can get nails or new glasses or something like that, that's immediate payoff with, oh, look how nice your your beautiful <laughs> nails are. And I'm talking to Angela right here, not Terry. <laughs> All right. So so in 2007, then, do I have that date right that you re-released? Yeah. What did you what happened during those three years? Did you have outside help or did you guys just think about it? Or what happened during that time of re um, renewing the product, let's say? No, I well, I basically did it myself, I, you know, because I knew I understood what it was all about. Um, right. But again, we did bring in physicians and, and uh, again, some food technologists and all these kind of things that we needed, um, you know, to, to create. And, and again, I hired a, a company to, mm-hmm. to, to write software. Uh, mm, yep. you know, I mean, all yep. these things that we had. And, and, and when I did that, I don't have to teach them take charge because they couldn't write software when they didn't understand what we were doing, you know? Right. So we right. went through that, you know, we went through that process to do that. So yes, I had a lot of help to do it. And I'll be honest, very blessed. I mean, in Cleveland, Tennessee, that, uh, you know, our, 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 the person that helped us uh, develop our lifestyle IQ computer, she, she was brought here for, by Maytag to be a, a, a metallurgist and an engineer. Oh, and she basically yeah. took what I, I told her I needed, did the research and, and built this computer for it. And we're manufacturing it right here in the United States. By fact, your neighbor up there, South Dakota. And uh, so we fought very hard to be able to make it in this country and to do all of that. And uh, it's, you know, yeah, I had a lot of help. I had a lot of help, but, but I still had to explain to these people what we were trying to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, a few more broader questions, but as far as the next step, uh, Terry and Angela, if a pharmacist or you know, say a pharmacist is listening, what is their next step that they can take for to to explore more of the um, you know the product and so on? The the best way that we have found, and we spend a lot of time doing this. Uh, we conduct you know ten to twelve webinars every week, and I'm talking live one on one, you know, uh, to do it because I want to be able to address their individual needs and and mm. things, and they just need to contact us. We have you know our toll free number. Uh, 800-782-3444. Uh, they can at Terry4CRX on Twitter, uh, email DT4C at takechargerx.com. Any way they can, 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 and take charge has a Facebook page. Any way they can get in touch with us. The big thing is they just need to decide it's time to do something different. And I will right. tell you since January of this year, it is like the light switch went on and we, we are constantly now talking to pharmacists uh, around the country. and But I still get the thing. I had one Friday contact me out of the blue from New York. And uh, you know how, how blunt and uh, to the point uh, New Yorkers are. She, she <laughs> yeah. was no different. She called up and asked, well, what, what is this? And I said, well, it's a, it's a program of education. That's all I got out. And she said, no, nope, my patients are not interested in anything like that. And I said, hmm. like, they don't eat. I mean, what, you know, they're not right. interested in eating. She, what, well, what do you mean? And I said, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about teaching them how to eat. Oh, no, they're not into program things. Thanks. And is it? Yeah. She thought we were a, yeah. we were a, a diet product, a weight loss product or something. And that's right. And never gave me one chance to explain. 
but those people are not going to be around. I'm just telling you, they're not going to be I around. I know. I know. So we're catering to the people that want to hear what we have to say, and we will do our little old staff here. We will do anything we can to to show them what we believe that the future is. And that doesn't mean yeah, everybody's going to agree with it, but but at least give us we, if they if they don't have thirty minutes to spare, they're they're probably not going to be doing anything but dispensing anyway. Yeah, if, if you're not trying to, that that's nice, and in fact that. That goes along with pharmacists have done where we've always been used to. And that, I guess, remains the same where people come in and they're looking for the information versus us shoving it down their throat. And you're taking the same business model of them looking you up and and wanting to at least learn about it. Well, and our, our, our slogan is your patients are paying somebody to help them lose weight. They're just not, yeah, they're just, right. They're just not paying you. Yeah, you know? that's right, and and that's that's the truth. And so if we if we approach it, you know, again, our system has gotten so refined now that basically, if you can get a patient through the first three weeks, they're they're going to finish the six months, nine months, twelve months, whatever it ends up being, they're going to stay with that pharmacist. And our educational process now again is so refined that it only takes five to seven minutes per patient per week by appointment Perf- for a pharmacist to do it. So time is no longer an excuse uh, for them. Uh, we're putting this program in with no upfront cost. So, and a matter of fact, if they follow our process, if they get one patient, they're never going to have to take any money out of their budget to pay mm. or take charge. Good so point. So we have removed every obstacle except what's between their ears. That's a great point. I like that. I like that method. Tell me, um, how much do you guys... As far as your not with your personal take charge in your stores, how much time are you spending roughly on on a weekly average with the bigger picture? I know you said you're doing webinars. Um, what other how, how much time do you have to spend or get to spend, uh, assuming you enjoy it, with with the program, not including what you're hands-on in in your stores? Most of my time now is on the big picture things. Uh, I, yeah, and I do enjoy it. I really believe with everything within me, I believe that Take Charge has the opportunity to do for every other practice what it did for me and transform my mindset and my belief that people will pay you for your knowledge and expertise and that as a profession we can have an impact and once we gain a foothold in the weight loss lifestyle obesity market with it we won't be moved we can control this market for the next two generations if we can get in there right now because all it is is teaching patients what they want to learn you know if they're diabetic they want to know how to eat healthily if they're a, uh, a, uh, a baby boomer going into their, their 60s now or late 50s, they want to know how to live healthy for the next 20 years so that they're not ending up in a nursing home and dying a premature death. We, we, yeah, have, right. we have the answer 
for what society right, is looking Mike, and for. I, and I wish and people, the pharmacists would look the out when they pharmacy. see their customers come yeah. in and see them as the complete package. Not just as the pills are filling, but for all these other services and all the things yeah. they can do to even get them off of some of these medications, which they need to be, because, you know, we have the tools, too, and the information to give them and the literature that they can hand their patients when they're dispensing and counseling them with whether it's blood pressure, whether it's GERD, whether it's heart disease, whatever it is, that they can help them and they need to see themselves as being there for their patients, for these clinical services, because, you know, the chains are seeing themselves that way now and that's where they're gearing themselves to. And if the community pharmacists don't see themselves that yeah. way, they're not well, going right. to be there anymore to do that, you know. And as a nurse, too, it's upsetting to, Terry's talking about the pay people getting yeah. older with all these uh, disease states. But you know what's even more sad in a way, too, are our kids that are growing up. You said you had 10 kids. You know, these kids now are growing up with obesity now and already having so many health-related problems because of obesity. You know, I'm a nurse. My daughter's a pediatric nurse. And, you know, when you're 13 and 14 now getting your yeah, gallbladder right. taken out, that's just something unheard of that people didn't used to see, you know. And now then yeah. the diets and, the, and you know, all the fast foods and yeah, the way right. that the kids eat now, you know, parents need to be taught to and they need to right. understand, you know, that obesity, how serious it is that if they have all of this fat, you know, on the outside, that same fat's going to be on the inside of those kids, you know, with their hearts and their livers and gallbladders. And, you know, that's, it, yeah. it's, it's really sad, you know, to see all yeah, that. And for so sure. it is an education process. And it's, you know, it's not just, you know, for them to lose weight, but it's teaching, you know, the patients as they go through this. But I see it too, you know, maybe even the future is, you know, classes and teaching people just how to eat healthy, you know, for prevention, for future things that are going to be developing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. A, a, a few um, um, kind of closing, a, a few uh, business lifestyle questions for you. What business-wise, uh, any part of the business, kind of keeps you guys up at night? What are your... Um, conversations around concerns well obviously we've invested you know our retirements and life savings and everything else into this company and and because because we believed in it and right and um and and i believe we're we're beginning to see the fruits of, of that of that labor but we are seeing a, a, a you know i want my generation of pharmacists to, to, because we're the people that have the relationships and form. But we're seeing right. a new generation of pharmacists come out now that are really wanting to do clinical services. They're, they're putting this program into physician practice. They're going to work in physician clinics. Uh, they're, uh, they're opening up office-based practices, and that's the fastest-growing part of, of what we're seeing today. But, uh, but that's what keeps me up. I'm, I'm, it, every time, and, and it's every day, a pharmacist is selling out and closing. And we, yeah, right. we, we hear about it, we see it, and, and, and again, that, that's what I look at. It, it, it really does yeah. hurt me to see that because yeah. I, know, I know what pharmacy means to people. Yeah. What, um, if, if right now someone said uh, take charge was big success beyond your wildest dreams, but they said you need to take a uh, – 
a three-year sabbatical and not be involved, what what would you two be doing at this point in your life? <laughs> As I'll let you answer that. It's like a sabbatical. And a <laughs> since success, since she's going to get her way yeah. anyways. Yeah. Yeah, that you know, like like you can't do it for a few years. Money's not an issue. What are you going to be doing with your time? And I've heard everything from traveling. you know traveling sure. to world a world that to starting like other to businesses or something. What do you think you guys would be doing for three years? Traveling? Well, and also, I don't want her to answer her grandkids. You know, we have nine ah. we have nine grandkids, so we're oh, we're kind of up to you with with your kids. Yeah. We only had four. Congratulations. We only have yeah, they know how to reproduce, but they only <laughs> but they yeah. they translate into nine grandkids, eleven and un, eleven and under. Awesome. Uh, so awesome. our whole summer, we just now realize summer's ending, and we've been going, we've been Take traveling to everywhere to baseball games. And, right. uh, you know, being with our grand, taking our grandkids on vacations and, you know, and that's, yeah. what, she, it would be, it would that's be. what she wants to do. Yeah. So maybe a combination right. of both doing, yep. go, going somewhere for a week and then a week back and so on. Of course, you guys don't have to, you don't have to think about your winters like we do. How are we going to winter? Because no, you're I'm already in some thinking nice about weather. our Detroit Lions, you know, so. Oh, <laughs> my, my poor dad, he, he passed, you know, but he went. Shoot, you know he. I, I forget the NFL, but they always said the Lions were like fifty years yeah, of please tell losers me before the NFL came. Well, my dad did. You know, he passed. <laughs> he, know. he passed with only like one. I'm not even sure it was a playoff game at the time. I think it was one uh, wild card game or something yeah, like that yeah. over fifty years. So yeah. that's well. I'm sending my Georgia Bulldogs up here as fast as I can to help. Yeah. Out, do, do, do you have any? Um, are you saying that just? With my yes, regard, yes, Terry, or do you, have, do you follow them at all for any reason? Yes, he's, he's I'm, a, I'm fan. a lifelong yes. Detroit Lions fan. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, you are? Yeah. My, Why? My, uh, well, it goes back. You're too young to know this, but it was a, they had a running back called a uh, a halfback back then named Terry Barr. Which his name was Terry. I, I know the name. Well, his name yeah. was Terry, and, uh, you know, I used to collect sports stuff. And I oh. saw the name Terry, and it was only Terry in the NFL. And I started following lines. My brother uh, started like his name names, Rick, obviously. but he started Richie Pettibone <laughs> with the Redskins, or excuse me, the Bears, okay. the Bears at the time. So we were enemies. So anyway, that's how I got started. But I followed them through thick and thin. You know, watched Direct TV had their their you know NFL Sunday ticket, had a big dish. You know, watched every game Barry Sanders played. You know, and just get my heart Terry, heartbroken I- every year. You know. I ain't no I ain't no genius, but um, but I could probably charge for this advice, and I would say you might want to switch teams. Well, I'm working on the Cleveland Browns now, so see, you know, at least they they got hope, you know. Good luck. Well, I'm Good hoping, luck. yeah, I know. I'm hoping Matt Stafford can pull it off before he's three. Yeah, he's ho- a great ho- guy. Hopefully, he's a great guy. Yeah. Came from my university. Uh, we just sent a tight end up there. Uh, uh, Nada to us this year, so I'm trying to get a bunch of bulldogs up there, and I think they'll pull us through. Uh, <laughs> well, God bless you. We need we need help outside the state because nice the uh, the owners inside the state aren't doing nope, it. You're right. So hey, all right, pleasure you meeting so you guys. Nice we'll we'll be sure to you. keep thank in you. touch. Bye. All right, and we'll we'll talk again. All right, talk soon. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you. This was the Business of Pharmacy podcast with me, your host, Mike Kelzer. Please subscribe for future episodes.